Hook Em Up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Yes, ma'am, you had better. Well, get them up. Wake them up. Get them going Tuesday on Hook Em Up with Ian Rod B. Five hours. Five days a week. Launches on this Tuesday, 19 September. A lot to do. Longhorns setting off to the beginning of the end. Their final conference slate in the Big 12 Conference ever. As they move off to the SEC, Longhorns off to a 3-0 and start. They're headed up to Waco to face the Baylor Bears. We'll dive into that game in a big way. Also, NFL doubleheader to wrap up Week 2 last night. A couple of ugly football games, an ugly injury, terrible injury for Nick Chubb. We'll talk about it and wrap, put a bow on uh, Week 2 in the National Football League. In Major League Baseball, the uh, race in the AL West continues to uh, be topsy-turvy and tighten up even more. Gut punch loss for the Astros. Rangers couldn't take advantage. And... Uh, Going all the way to the wire, it feels like, in the American League West, in the American League, and Major League Baseball. So a lot to do. We'll launch this thing, and we appreciate you being there wherever you find us on this Tuesday morning. We're there every morning for you on 101.9, also AM 1260, also streaming on our Horn app with the numbers rising like crazy. We appreciate that very, very much. You can also watch us and listen to us at hornfm.com, also on our YouTube channel. Subscribe there at the Horn Austin, look who it is across the desk, as usual, or shut down corner, holding down his side of the show in the field, five hours a day, five days a week here on Hook'em Up from DB High down in the 713. Of course, DBU right here in the 5124, different stops in NFL zip codes. He is the football theorist who wore number 21 in your program, but always number one in our hearts. He is our man, Rod Babers. Rod, how are you? I'm doing great. I appreciate the intro, as always. Uh, good to be here this morning. Also, shout out to uh, those who are uh, up early with us and those who are of service. We know uh, our society built on the selflessness of service, so we appreciate all those in all the different forms who are serving our society, whether it be God, country, or community. Uh, we want you to know that we salute you. Uh, soldiers, first responders, officers of the law, teachers, nurses, uh, all of you, we appreciate you. Can't name every uh, person and every function, uh, but we do appreciate all of you guys. No question. No question. And that's going to be a good Tuesday. lot to do. Conference mm. play beginning for the Longhorns. A massive week in college football is on tap. We will start looking forward to, and we'll also uh, talk plenty of NFL Cowboys. Uh, feeling pretty good about themselves as well in the National Football League coming out of uh, two weeks into the season. And as we say, a couple of weeks left in the Major League Baseball regular season. And uh, we'll get you all locked in. You feeling good this morning? Did you get a jog in this morning? Um, I did get a jog in. Nice. Got a little workout in. So I'm feeling good. I uh, did watch some, watch a little bit of Baylor. But, yeah, man, it's uh, it's going to be tough sledding for Baylor against that Texas defense. Right now, the way their Texas defense is playing, I think Baylor's going to try to run the rock. Well, I think, we know. They want to try to run the rock. They don't want to put too much on Sawyer Robertson. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Blake Shapen not going to play in that game. We know he got hurt in the Texas State game to start the season. Baylor off to a 1-2 and two start. We'll have a look at the Big 12, where it stands as conference play begins in earnest this weekend. Um, you know, it's a, it's not been a good run here no. in the month of September it's for the Big 12 ugly. Conference. As the Longhorns in Oklahoma, the only two ranked teams in the Big 12. Everybody else uh, scuffling and struggling. We'll talk yeah. about it as uh, you know the Longhorns head out and what they hope will be a, uh, a championship run in their final year in the Big 12. Let's start with the headlines. Get your Tuesday underway with the news. Make sure you're caught up on everything happening. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring it to you here in the 6 o'clock hour. Start with Texas football. Yeah, third-ranked Longhorns off to a 3-0 start to the season for the first time since Mac Brown was their head coach. David Ash and Case McCoy were their quarterbacks. Barack Obama was in his first term in the Oval Office. Yeah, it's been that long. 
Uh, Texas for this week is the beginning of the end. The Open Big 12 Conference play for the final time. First up for Steve Sarkeesian's Horns, a trip to Waco. Face the Baylor Bears for the 113th and possibly final time. You know, I think this week, Big 12 play, and, and that's exciting. And like I touched on with the team, Big 12 doesn't care that we're 3-0. The Big 12 doesn't care that we're ranked number three in the AP poll. Um, we are 0-0 zero and zero in Big 12 play. And, and this week we've got we've to do everything in our power to try to get to 1-0 um, in, a, in a hostile environment um, against a really well-coached team, a veteran team. Um, and it's going to take a lot of poise, a lot of composure, um, and we're going to need to play a complete game. We're going to need all three phases Saturday night, and so that's what we're putting forth in our effort, and, and that all started this morning. Texas won 80 of the previous 112 matchups since 1901. Saturday's game will kick at 6.30. We'll air on ABC. On the injury front, Coach Sark did announce yesterday that uh, the team will be without starting right guard Cole Hudson and redshirt freshman defensive lineman Chris Ross for about a month each. Both injured this past Saturday in the win over Wyoming. Hudson suffered a knee sprain while Ross suffered an injury to his elbow. Uh, better news for freshman running back C.J. Baxter. He returned to practice yesterday. Good to go after sitting out this past week with a minor foot injury. Not good news for the 1-2 and two Baylor Bears. Official word from their head coach Dave Aranda yesterday that their starting quarterback Blake Shapin will not be ready to go this week. Shapin suffered a knee injury in Baylor's season opening lost to Texas State. That means redshirt sophomore quarterback Sawyer Robertson, the Mississippi State transfer, will get the start. Elsewhere in college football, Michigan State has initiated the process to fire suspended football coach Mel Tucker with cause. Tucker was placed on administrative leave without pay earlier this month after it was revealed that he was the focal point of a university investigation into allegations of sexual harassment. In the NFL, a doubleheader of Monday Night Football to wrap up Week 2 in Pittsburgh. Steelers forced four Cleveland turnovers, scored two defensive touchdowns en route to a 26-22 win over the Browns. Both teams now 1-1. One and one. Not only did Cleveland lose the game, they lost their all-pro running back Nick Chubb for the rest of the season with a gruesome knee injury. Suffered early in the second quarter. Hate to see that. In Carolina, meanwhile, New Orleans Saints came to town, improved to a 2-0 start to their year with a 20-17 win over the Panthers. Also in the NFL, New York Giants announced their star running back Saquon Barkley has an ankle sprain. He'll miss three to four weeks now. Major League Baseball gut punch loss for the Astros last night. Cedric Mullins did a three-run homer in the ninth to rally the Orioles past Houston 8-7. to seven. Hit that off the Astros closer Ryan Presley. Uh, Rangers unable to take advantage, though. They fell to Boston 4-2 to two in the opener of that series in Arlington. Mariners did take advantage. They topped the A's 5 to nothing. So uh, right now the Astros lead the division by a game and a half over both Seattle and Texas. Corn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. The heat's made us crazy. Get up to $100 off select steel backpack blowers and employee pricing on all zero-turn mowers in stock this month at Top Gun. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. All right, Steelers give a win, um, and I'm, I'm shocked, and I, I I can't believe that the Steelers got that win. That was one of the ugliest wins offensively for the Steelers that, honestly, I've ever seen. And I don't know how Matt Canada – I brought up Matt Canada's stats last week to you the guys. The offensive coordinator of the Steelers. I, who once was the offensive coordinator of Maryland, the Maryland Terrapins that beat Texas. The Jet right? Sweep. What did he just say Matt Canada, right? When they had to uh, you know, suspend, then fire their head coach because they had an unfortunate tragedy with their football team. But anyway, um, but I digress. Getting back to Matt Canada, I, I don't know what he has on Mike Tomlin. I don't know. And maybe they're just really close. But Matt Canada's offenses have been terrible since he became the OC there. Um, I'll give you a stat, and I've been keeping up with this stat for a while. The Steelers has, have now gone 37 straight games under Matt Canada without gaining at least 400 yards of offense. How to many? Put, 
37 now. In a row? 37 straight. So what, his entire time? His entire time there. They've never had 400 yards of offense. There have been 269 instances, actually. I take that back. There have been more than that now because this week, this doesn't count this week. So I, this week of games, I didn't put into this particular stat. 37 straight games, that is up to date. Um, but basically, they're the only team in the NFL in that time span that have gone that many games without at least 400 yards of offense. The, I think the 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 Atlanta Falcons are next, actually. And I got to go look and see what they did this past week. But the Atlanta Falcons, 94% of their games have been under 400 yards of total offense since 2021, since in the Matt Canada time frame. And the Bears are at 91%. So we're talking about some of the worst. The Texans are at... Also at 91%, and so are the Washington Commanders. So you're talking about some of the worst offenses in the NFL uh, in the last two, three years. And, man, I don't know how the Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe that's the way they want to win. That's their blueprint. But, ooh, it's ugly. U-G-L-Y. It is ugly. It's and ugly. Uh, Well, they won with defense, right? Four turnovers, forced two defensive touchdowns. And, uh, and you know, Deshaun Watson was a mess last night for the Browns. When, I think there was a sense of shock on the sidelines when Nick Chubb suffered the gruesome knee injury in the second quarter. And you say you're shocked that the Steelers won. Do you realize that the uh, – mm, I don't know how they did it. Did you realize that the Steelers haven't lost a Monday night football game at home in 32 years? 32 that's, years? That's amazing. Last 12 to 13 outright, too. Yeah. Yeah, and they've won 20 in a row at home against their division opponents. And that's just the, the, the Steel City mentality. 32 years that's since crazy. they've lost a Monday night football game at home. Uh, but, yes, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty. It was a gruesome exactly. injury to Nick Chubb, which you absolutely hate to see. So bad that they wouldn't even re-show, re-show the, the replay uh, on TV with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on the Monday Night Football broadcast. Sean Watson, though, I mean, you mentioned the total yardage. Steelers only had 255 total yards. Only ran for 55 last night against that That's Browns it. defense. And They only um, scored 12 points on 12 possessions, not counting end of the half and end of game possessions. And 71 of those yards, remember, they came on one play. Yeah, to George Pickens, the touchdown pass <laughs> early in the game. But T.J. Watt had a scoop and score touchdown. They had a pick six early. So two touchdowns from their defense. And Defense Bra- scored more than the offense. If you're a Browns fan, you're just kicking your, you know, Deshaun Watson was a mess last night. They, they harassed him with their pass rush. But, uh, man, you know, he and Alex Highsmith, the two rush linebackers, uh, they were just assaulting, you know, after the quarterback the whole night. Uh, he also had two bad penalties, uh, Deshaun Watson, where he got 15 yards for grabbing face masks. And um, so, yeah, Cleveland was a mess with penalties, turnovers, and they were the more talented football team last night. There's but no question. The Steelers found a way to win the game. Yeah, I, I, the Steelers, it's a culture of the Steelers, right? Yeah. <laughs> you basically brought up that stat. That's a stat that shows you about the culture of the Steelers in that division and on Monday Night Football. So, yeah, it ain't always got to look pretty. And they won with defense, which is also the Steeler way uh, to win with defense. So, it's interesting. But the Nick Chubb injury, um, man, it, it, they showed it, they showed it on the Jumbotron at the stadium. And you can hear the Ugh. groans and moans of the audience. And I've seen it on social media. It is pretty gruesome. Uh, honestly, Nick Chubb, could probably retire today, and he would still have a case, a really good one for the Hall of Fame. Really? I'm not making that up. How about this? <laughs> um, it, it, throughout NFL history, there are 129 instances of a running back averaging five-plus yards per carry on 190 carries. Uh, the only running backs with three such seasons in their career are more than three such seasons. Jim Brown, Barry Sanders, Jamal Charles, and Nick Chubb. Oh, those guys are all, <laughs> the other guys are all in the Hall of Fame. 
Uh, well, Jamal Charles actually is on the should be. He's on the ballot, I think, this year. He's going. Somebody's going to make his case. He should. And he. He. I'm with you. He's got a hell of a case. Now, Nick Chubb is not going to make it. I'm just saying, he would have a case. Is quarterback the only position where you need Super Bowls? You don't need Super Bowls, but where it, it definitely yeah 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 you definitely I think you need yeah unless you got statistic, statistical just like Dan Marino your statistical achievements are just unparalleled you know I mean unprecedented record breaking but yeah if you yeah I yeah Warren Moon was kind of like that I think you need Super Bowls unless you got statistically you're on another level but not at running back no not really I don't think any other position really you need them that much it's crazy how that I'm, I'm, I don't think it's right but yeah I think any That's other just position, my thought process it helps with any other position but. I don't think it matters as much as it does with quarterback. You're right about that. But yeah. anyway, Nick Chubb, that's that's gruesome. It's horrible. And remember, he had an injury in 2015, I believe. Right? Uh, was that 2015? Yeah. Well, he had his knee reconstructed while he was still at Georgia. Uh, yes. In college, so he, he had a, the same knee, by the way, his left knee. So he's so, going to have a second reconstruction, which is terrible news. Yeah, that's why it's you know. Yeah, and you, you just hope he can get back. And he's one of the best in the league, as you just said, uh, fringe Hall of Famer, kind of in that Jamal Charles mold. The numbers are there, but. Did he play long enough? Did he have enough no. impact becomes no. a question for both of those guys. Uh, as for the game itself, Pittsburgh, you know, two, two defensive touchdowns. Cleveland outgained them 2-1, to one, but, man, there are, there are mistakes. And uh, the kid Highsmith had a hell of a game, a pick six, and his strip sack fumble. Did you feel like watching them, and, you know, we have to watch it because it's our job, and then you're trying to watch this game. But there was no way the Steelers were going to come back and win that game without a a defensive touchdown, right? No, I mean, their offense is too inept. They, <laughs> just, they like, can't do it. It felt like uh, there's no way. And when the only thing you couldn't do if you were Cleveland was, you know, give up the strip sack fumble touchdown, which no. they did, which they did. And Steelers fans know that too. Listen, you, we know Steelers fans are the classiest fans, some of the classiest fans out there. Dude, they broke out into fire Matt Canada, fire Canada chants during the game. During the game. Well, and... <laughs> Out of the offense. Yeah, they really have. And to be able to come out in this situation and force a three and out, that's big time. You know, they use the timeout. You've got one left, <laughs> but three minutes left on the clock. It's their own OC. Well, and Steeler fans know football, right? They I mean, know they're, they're, they're smart football mm-hmm. fans. They've seen a lot of good football in their, their time. And they still won the game. So, on the end of the day, you know, that's a Mike Tomlin team. They find ways, and T.J. Watt and Highsmith were great. And uh, Mika Fitzpatrick also, you know, was part of that Nick Chubb injury. Uh, he had some plays early in that game, and so they're one and one. Browns one and one. Heck, that old division is, uh, you know, sitting there after two weeks. And you should uh, know the Browns can like handle success. After. No. <laughs> well, look at now. I mean, they got to figure out what to do without Nick Chubb. And there's, you know, in, in L.A., the Rams are apparently putting Cam Akers, their running back, on the trade block. And you wonder mm-hmm. if the Browns will get involved with that. I like Kareem. that Jonathan Taylor uh, talk trade talks start to you know spark up again. Kareem Hunt is still on the on the street. Former running back in Cleveland, uh, he's a the guy they could look at. And the kid that came in last night did pretty good job. Ran for over 100 yards once Nick Chubb got hurt. So he's a guy, Jerome Ward, who's who's their Ford. backup. Huh? Jerome, Jerome Ford. Ford. I said Ward. Uh, Jerome Ford is a guy to watch for on the waiver wire in your fantasy football league. But uh, we'll see. Yeah, the Cam Akers call could be there. It looks like Sean McVay's. Tiring of uh, of uh, of one Cam Acres in in L A. Uh, they're moving on from him. It feels like so. Um, we'll see if we get a trade gets done. Cleveland at one one. Steelers one one. Yeah, uh, man. Sean McVay's starting over kind of from scratch, pretty much uh, offensively. I mean, he's, a lot of his pieces he's starting over with. Cooper Cup is still hurt, and then you got Matt Stafford. But man, they're not can, terrible though. No, no, no. Because he's the hell of a coach. They've been I mean, competitive as heck. He's they a won hell a game. of a coach. They beat Seattle and they were right there with San Francisco. 
Um, he just limited because of some of the personnel that he has. But, man, Puka Nakua, that's his latest project. I think if Cooper Cup can come back at some point early in the season, they could be the Seattle of last year. You know, no expectations. Matt Stafford was hurt, quote, you know, quote unquote, all, all offseason. Yeah, know. they looked good in the first two weeks. No, no, they I, they they definitely look way better than we thought. Like I said, I thought they would be on the verge of tanking as a team. They definitely not going to do that. But mm-hmm. I don't know how, how many games they're going to win down the stretch once the injuries start mounting up. They don't have any depth. Well, and they're handing the ball more. I mean, because Cam Aker is the reason he's on the block. He was a healthy scratch last week. Got on the got it at odds with the head coach and Kyron Williams. Uh, the young guy out of Notre Dame has become their lead running back there. And you mentioned Puka Nakua with the Puka. Rams. You know, he had twenty targets last week. Matt Stafford targeted him 20 times. Yeah. He caught 15. No, I'm telling for you. For 147 no, yards. I know this is for, you know, what the facts, but Puka Nakua had the most receptions by a rookie in the Super Bowl era in, in week two. Yeah. His 25 receptions through two games are the most uh, in a player's first two games in NFL history. Yeah. Puka Nakua. He's on pace for 200 and something receptions. He's not going to have that, but uh, Puka Nakua is a fan right now. He's a fantasy dream for whoever randomly picked him up. I think you picked him up. I didn't picked you? him up. I picked, and Ooh, guess who? And I, and I didn't play him last oh, week. Oh, oh, E, what are you doing? Well, because I, you know, I will only start two receivers. I got two other oh. good receivers. Plus, he was on the injury report. Dude, he's got 35 targets I understand in the first that. two weeks. I understand that. But he wasn't. He was on the injury report, and they was, he was questionable whether he's going to play or not. Yes, uh, so Sean like, McVay's hey, playing you know, mind games. Sean McVay playing mind games, but yeah, <laughs> Matt Stafford like looks for him on like every drop back. Uh, he's looking for Puka Nakua, right? and who's not looking for Puka Nakua? And they hand that ball off to him a little bit. They now, did. They, they'll yeah. hand it off to him like two or three times a game. Yeah. Oh no, Sean McVay loves him. Loves him out of BYU. Out of BYU, Puka mm-hmm. Nakua. All right. Speaking of BYU, we'll talk some more NFL. Cowboys, you know, sitting at two and zero, feeling good about themselves. Longhorns sitting at three and zero. And, Rod, when we look at the Big 12 as a conference right now, oh, no. as we start conference play for the Longhorns in their, their first, it's so uh, their, I mean, their final conference play. Uh, so two teams are ranked in the top 25 in the Big 12, right? Two teams, Texas and Oklahoma, the two teams leaving. There's not a team that's going to be in this conference beyond this year that's ranked right now. And uh, so you got five teams that are 3-0. and Texas is 3-0. and Oklahoma is 3-0. and BYU, Kansas, and UCF are 3-0. and in the month of September, okay? Mm-hmm. Five teams are 2-1. and one. That includes TCU beat Houston this past week. Cincinnati, K-State, Oklahoma State, all 2-1. and one. Oklahoma State, though, just lost to South Alabama. The conference so far in the month of September has lost to college football heavyweights Rice, Texas State, Ohio, South Alabama, Wyoming, and Miami of Ohio, Rod. Mm-hmm. Not good. Best conference, non-conference win is Texas over Alabama. And second best is BYU's win over Arkansas. Uh, to me, that makes I know people are going to like it. I guess you could say Kansas went over Illinois out of the Big Ten. I think it's. <laughs> I think if you're a Texas fan, it makes the Big Twelve even more dangerous because a lot of these programs now got nothing to lose because <laughs> a lot of their are they any good? So exactly, they don't know how good they are, and a, a loss like that early on to a sub a subpar inferior opponent can be devastating psychologically. And then basically the rest of the season, you're just trying to save the season with a big win. Yeah. And, sa- and Texas is everybody's way that they had those big, devastating, uh, you know, kind of shameful coyote, ugly losses. Texas is the great way to save your season. Yeah. You beat Texas, you save your season, especially now. Yeah. So, yeah. Be, makes it be and that's got to be the, the rallying cry. No right? doubt it is. But Baylor, De- oh, Derail man. Texas. Come on. But uh, so five or Three and zero, oh, five or two and one, and four. The rest, of the other four, are one and two, and that yep. includes Baylor, who, as you said off the top, Blake Shapin's not going to play in this game. That mm-hmm. means Sawyer Robertson 
mm. will be your starting quarterback. Can I give you Sawyer Robertson's numbers so far? The 6'4", 220-pounder who transferred from Mississippi State, originally from Lubbock. It ain't pretty. He's completed 45% of his passes <sighs> since coming in for Blake Shapin. He, he's thrown mm. one touchdown and three picks. Uh, he's thrown for 444 yards. He's bad. He's, he's a bad, bad quarterback. He's bad. He's a bad quarterback. He is a bad quarterback. And that's the best they got. He's the best bad idea. It's the Argo principle. He's the best bad idea they got. The best bad idea is Sawyer Robinson, and he is 45% completion percentage, which means Texas knows they're going to try to saddle up the run game. They're going to run the rock, man. Which Texas has a pretty pretty salty run defense. Yeah. Uh, So this is a tough, an uphill battle for Baylor. They are at home. It will be a night game. Can expect, um, you know, a rowdy crowd and that type of stuff in Waco. But, man, you this quarterback, that was a crushing injury. Because even in the injury, the loss to Texas State, Blake Shapin played that game kind of on one leg. He hurt his knee with an with an MCL sprain, but he's played in the game and really was gave he them was a chance. Good. Yeah, gave them a chance. Uh, but Texas State was too much for them. They, you know, Texas State went in there and beat them to start the season. They also blew the game uh, against you know one of the reasons Utah beat them in Waco was thirteen to three in the fourth fourth quarter. Uh, and a pick six that that Sawyer Robertson threw Brutal. turned into the game changer. Yep. It was a pick six that I mean you, you're just trying to. They were up, I think, it was thirteen to ten at the time. They're just trying to salt away the game and get the victory. He throws a pick six or an interception that ends up uh, being the difference in the football game, seventeen thirteen. Uh, Bears, you know, Dave Aranda. You know, remember they had Austin Novosad, the kid out of Dripping Springs, the quarterback. Mm, yeah, he the was player. their big quarterback commitment. And he would be playing right now at Baylor right now he if he had uh, decommitted on on signing day Oregon, right? and gone to Oregon yep. to play for his former uh, for for the offensive coordinator there at, at Oregon. So yeah, they're they're in a quarterback mess at Baylor right now. And Texas seems I mean, they're two touchdown favorites on the road at Waco on Saturday. We'll break it down as we go. But the Big Twelve not off to a great month of September. I said it makes them dangerous though, because uh, now you got a lot of squads with nothing to lose. All of the, a lot of their, like I said, preseason hopes were dashed. Even though they can still go into Big Twelve play, they know they're not as good as they thought they were. So they they're starting from a much bigger deficit <laughs> than they thought. It's like, oh man, we're pretty good. Like Texas Tech, it's like, oh man, we're, we're the dark horse of the Big Twelve, baby. We're gonna go in there. We're gonna make some noise in the Big Twelve this year. Hell, we might even be competing for the Big Twelve title. It's like, oh, we're not that good. We need to. Even Texas, though. Even Texas with some of their, right? Texas has won games, but then, you know, the Rice game and the Wyoming game, and Longer Fence is like, I don't think we're as good as, you know, we thought we were going to be at this point in the season. Nobody is <laughs> because everybody's a work in progress. It's going to be week to week. If you get better week to week, the concern for Texas was did they get better from the Bama week to the Wyoming week? And a lot of Longhorn fans will say no. They won. And they won in spectacular fashion. Fourth quarter, we like the clutch gene that the team is starting to cultivate. But did they get better from week two to week three? They no. definitely got better from week one to week two. Yes. Did they get better from week two to week three? Mm, uh, eh. Debatable. Debatable. Exactly. So Debatable. you got to get better from week three to week four. Like that's the that's the ultimate goal. You want to look up at the end of the season and go, man, we got better every week. And if you did, you'll probably be playing for a championship. Yes. That's the way it goes. But if you regress and you're inconsistent, that's when you take losses you're not supposed to take, and then you lose to opponents that you're supposed to beat. Stuff like that happens. Well, look, Dave Aranda's got one game plan. He's got to win with his defense and force Quinn Ewers to make mistakes, which he hasn't done. The one thing you can say about Quinn Ewers to this point for Texas is he hasn't turned the ball over in three games. No. Uh, if that continues with this defense, even if he's not spectacular, 
Texas, I think, will be all right. If he starts turning the football over, that's when you put your defense in tough spots. We'll hear from Steve Sarkeesian coming up throughout the morning at his Monday media availability and uh, met with us talking about the game, the, the win over Wyoming, 31-10, to and looking forward to the Big 12. We heard him in the headlines, but more coming behind the burnt orange curtain. Also, for the end of our first hour of five here on Hook 'em Up, we'll get some what the facts around the sports landscape as well. What it's the facts? E, Rod B. Ty is here as well. Uh, just getting warmed up on a Tuesday. Austin, Texas Sports, the Horn. Coming up for the top of the hour in our first hour here of five on Hook 'em, Hook 'em up with uh, Ian Rodby. We'll get the what the facts segment, including a devastating loss, according to Dusty Baker, for the Houston Astros last night. Astros, devastating. He called it. Astros uh, not playing well at home. They get beat last night. We'll tell you where they stand. Also. Uh, We'll get some other facts of your Tuesday morning. And here's a fact. Let me say thanks to our friend Nick Shuley. Of course, Nick Shuley, uh, Nick, uh, joins us every Wednesday, Ron. Nick's the man. With the uh, live music update, Setlist ATX. So I'm doing, uh, last night, I'm re- every Monday, we re- I, Mike Craven and I, Mike Craven, the senior writer at Dave Campbell's Texas Football, we record our tex- uh, Eyes on Texas multicast, right? The podcast we record here at the station with my... I got my two sons working on we're with me, and we, we record that recap the Texas win over Wyoming. So I'm recording the uh, the episode, which will be out today, with highlights and Sark sound and all things Texas football, the Eyes on Texas podcast. Um, so I get a text from Nick that, hey, I have a ticket for you for the Jason Isbell taping at uh, ACL Live at the Moody Theater last nice. night. Nice. I was like, what? Come I'm like, on. I'm like, I got to race through this podcast to get done. So, uh, so I got it's to. Clutch uh, right there. I, got to, I know. Hugely clutch. That was a hard ticket to get. Um, uh, Jason Isbell in the 400 unit. Wow. Um, I get the text. He's like, I got it. I got you a ticket. It's like a hail Mary. And I'm like, Oh man. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, we finished, wrapped up the, uh, the, the multicast and I raced down there and, uh, got to see that last night. It was a great show and great taping and played most of his uh, mm-hmm. new album, weather veins. So thank you to Nick, uh, on the music Good front day. today is ham benefit day. Uh, one of the big days, of course, Ham, the Health Alliance for Austin Musicians. That's good stuff. If you want to get out and see some great, I mean, we know that Austin is just jam-packed in Central Texas with hugely talented people. And as Nick told us last week on our, on our Wednesday visit with him, that musicians actually move here for Ham uh, because it, it's... it's uh, Danny, yeah, it's, it benefits. It's all like a health benefit health, health for musicians like who are that, independent yeah. contractors <laughs> in large regard. And stuff it's the 18th here. year of Ham Day. There'll be music all over town. Uh, and some amazing musicians just uh, putting on a show. Uh, you can find out more about that at MyHam, that's myhaam.org, and all the details of where uh, Nick actually told me he's going to be out at the HEB on... Uh, the Lake Austin. Lake Austin, yeah. HEB at like 9 o'clock this morning. Because they're going to have a live music showcases out there, and there are going to be some players actually kind of popping up. Yes, uh, they start having... at 6 a.m. Yeah, they're playing. right now there are shows going on and on. Yeah. And they got some, uh, I think there'll be some players, like some pop-ups. So, you know, just be on the lookout. I think some players may be popping up. You know what's kind of cool about that? Um, Nick Nick told me last night when we were watching the show, Jason Isbell, you know, he owns his own record label. Um, and all of his all of his crew that travel with him on his shows, not only, they're all, he, he treats it like a business. They all, they're all, they all have benefits. Like a good friend of his is one of the, the guitar techs that's for Jason Isbell. And uh, he get, they all get medical benefits. Through him, that's so cool. Which is unheard of in yeah. the music industry, yeah. apparently. And uh, so they all love playing for Jason Isbell. Is one of the, the more talented people you'll see. That was a great show. So thank you to Nick. Appreciate it. Get out and then support the uh, the live music capital of the world and the live musicians that make it. 
the live music capital of the world. It is uh, Ham Benefit Day. And my ham on Twitter with two A's. Two A's. M-Y-H-A-A-M. Yep. Health Alliance for Austin Musicians, uh, Austin's most iconic celebrations Mm -hmm. of community, live music, raising awareness and critical funds for ham. So check that out today. It'll be going on right now and all day long. Uh, even to this evening around Central Texas. Good so stuff. there you go. Appreciate Nick. And yeah, that uh, Eyes Man. on Texas multicast will be out at probably about lunchtime today. We'll drop that, and you can always find it on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube, of course, for the Dave Campbell's Texas Football YouTube channel and for ours at the Horn Austin. Uh, all right, Rod, we got Texas football on the brain. Man, Baylor Bears. Also, I said devastating loss for the Astros, devastating loss for the Cleveland Browns last night. Nick Chubb, they're all pro running back. Their offense is built around him in the running game. And um, we we talk about all the time, Rod, that you know a player and again and a player can you know his career can be ended on any play, on any play. You played in the National Football League. Yeah. That's why I you're mean, trying to get that guaranteed money. Yes, that's why you're trying to get that sign. Whatever you know, that's why guys are trying to, especially at running back position. We've been talking about that, yes. right? Especially at the running back position. Oh, did you hear the news? No. Oh, we got to get into this. Hold up. Let me find the uh, the quote real quick. Uh, there is actually an issue with the NFL Players Association. Uh, in regards to their advice to running backs, apparently. Oh wow! And the India and the the NFL is apparently is investigating some counsel they gave running backs. I'll find. I saw the story yesterday, and I was like, that is a weird story. And then today, of course, the unfortunate news. Okay, here it is. Uh, this comes from Mark. He's an NFL reporter for the Washington Post. So Mark Mask, and I think it kind of went under the radar because of this. So the NFL filed a grievance against the NFLPA last week, accusing the union of improperly advising running backs to fake injuries as a contract negotiating tactic with teams. The league informed owners on the Management Council Executive Committee of the grievance. And there will be some stories coming out about it. Isn't that a weird story? Like I didn't even hear that. What? They were advising the fake. You you accused them of advising their running backs to fake injuries? How does that help you? You can still lose the money. I want the money. (laughs) Yeah. I got to be there to get the money. Yeah, well, and you're right about Nick Chubb and every running back. That's a that's mm-hmm. and running backs. You oh, know, man. they're they're arguably the most vulnerable of the positions. Quarterbacks are, but they protect the quarterbacks to such an extent these days with the penalties and yep. the pocket and no late hits. Running backs, you know, no, no protections. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and they they've got the ball in their hands quite a bit. Yeah, and you know, their their position is undervalued, and you just feel bad for a guy like Nick Chubb and hope he can be okay. Um, but a gruesome, gruesome injury. I still haven't seen it, and I don't have any int- interest in seeing it. I will tell you I that. I saw it online, and, ooh, and they showed it. It's do, nasty. Oh, do you have the reaction? Here, here Pat, Pat, pull this up. The, the stadium. Yeah, they showed it in the they stadium. They showed it in the stadium. Yeah, but they didn't. And Troy Eggman, there was a classic movie. I don't think they should be showing it on. It'll make its way on social media. If you really want to get, you want to see it, you can see it somewhere. But I agree. On TV, you don't need to see it. Uh, here is the reaction from the fans in the stadium when they saw it, and they played it on the Jumbotron. I am told that the replay of... Nick Chubb getting injured is not to be seen. Yeah, it's we're not going to show it. Yeah, nice. Well, you heard the crowd. They when they saw it, and that's the opposing team. Like Pittsburgh and Cleveland are about ninety minutes apart, and they don't like each other. But still, Mm. you just feel for a player the quality, any player, but certainly one as 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 good as Nick Chubb. He's such a good guy too, and a great dude. And the team was pretty crushed. That was a deflating situation. Case to be the best running back in the league. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) That's what you're. For sure, we're talking about. For sure. Again, the offense is built around him. Yep. And it better. Well, now you're in trouble because you got this guy Jerome Ford, but Deshaun Watson's a, a mess. If you're watching that game last night, he is. I know that you didn't. They didn't block very well. He flashed. 
Really? He, he, flash. He, he does flash every now and then, but it's considering what E. Hogan and I used to see yeah. from him with the Texans, he's nowhere even is it the, Is it the scheme, though? I, I just think it's that two years off, man. It, it just, it's hard to do that in football. What what example do we have of a player having that much time off? Michael Vick. I don't know if Mike Vick had that much time off. Yeah. I mean, he was in jail for like a year. Yeah. He was in jail for a year, but I don't think he had two. I don't Did think he come was back two. the next year, though? I want to say he came back pretty quickly. Go look at when he. Oh, yeah, I'll look it up. When yeah, he, like, stopped playing. It, it might have been closer to. He might be the only example of it. Mike yeah. Vick might be the only example of somebody at the quarterback position who stopped playing for that long and then came back. He, but that's come on guys, that's one example. But Mike Vick still wasn't the same Michael Vick, by the way. Yeah, he did not play in two thousand seven or eight. Yeah, so Mike Vick's the only example of it. Yeah. Same amount of time. Well, and it's it's hard yeah. to lose those years. And you know, can he get back the you know to the level where he was? That's what the Browns are banking on. Of course, he's got that guaranteed contract that they gave him after to to make sure to facilitate that trade with the Texans. <laughs> so we, we gotta believe. You gotta, you know, <laughs> we gotta. But it's no Cleveland. Choice. It's that's like Chicago. It, those two <laughs> those two uh, towns can't have good things. They can't have nice things. Yeah, they never have good quarterbacks. Never. Best quarterback in the history of the Browns is Bernie Kosar. Best quarterback in the history of the Bears is who? They can't have nice Jim things. Man, yeah, and he wasn't very good. No. Jay Cutler's got a case. Kyle <laughs> no, no Those two, you know, historic, long-term organizations in the NFL have never had good quarterbacks. That's a good point. Justin Fields. Uh, they can't have nice things. They don't like Justin Fields. Is it right now either? They just don't know how to use Justin Fields, and he's he not comfortable. He, he doesn't see the field very he well. Can't read he can't defense at all. He's he having can't. a hard time yeah. processing what he's seeing in in real time. But they need to just then, then use his legs. He's, he's he's got four design runs, guys. The entire season. That's insane. That's like when Bam only had three design runs for Jalen Miro. We're like, that's okay. Well, great. Thanks. Advantage <laughs> us. We, we appreciate that. But it's like, come By the on. way, Nick, Nick Saban has named Jalen Milrow oh, his yeah, yeah, QB1 went, again. Well, come on. Sniff, snap, sniff, snap, sniff, snap. They yeah. go back and forth. Alabama plays Ole Miss I, I this weekend. Nick Saban was trying to make a point to his new OC. He's like, oh, you want your guy? You think your guy's better? Okay, go ahead. Let me have your guy. And he stinks. And he, yeah, exactly. Hey, can we dive into uh, behind the burn orange curtain? Texas football talk. Longhorns are 3-0 and for the first time in more than a decade. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? Okay, so Sark met with the media yesterday and uh, talked about a lot of different things. This is actually one of his longer media availabilities on Monday. I think he went like close to 30 minutes. Uh, so we got a lot of sound. A lot of Longhorn fans were upset with the passing game versus Wyoming, even though the running game looked pretty looked really good, and Jonathan Brooks found his groove, and Texas was able to uh, dominate that game late with uh, the running game really being the focus and really being the kind of the identity. And Jay Brooks, <laughs> by the way, uh, he really was the uh, kind of the lifeblood of the entire offense during that game. But the passing game struggled. Sark admitted it struggled. Here's Steve Sarkeesian talking about the uh, passing game versus Wyoming. I think just every aspect of the passing game needs to improve. You know, it just we felt like we just weren't we weren't as sharp. You know, we had a, a protection breakdown in there. Um, didn't have the best play calls predicated on what the coverages were. I think Quinn could have could have probably made a couple throws that he normally would make. So everybody kind of took their turn. And that's again, that's not to make excuses. We all have to be better. And and that you know again, you think passing game, you think play call, and you think quarterback, and most notably, you, both of us need to be better. 
Um, but I think everybody else needs to be better as well. And so we all got to take responsibility uh, of that. Uh, and we're going to need our passing game as we know. And so, again, I'm not going to let one game kind of knock me off my rocker on this one. Um, we were really good throwing the ball for two weeks, especially in week two. Um, it wasn't as clean as we wanted to. The lucky part for us, we have a run game that we can lean in on, a defense that can we can count on in special teams. Um, but we'll, we'll get that fixed, and, and we'll go out and, and play much better in the passing game this week. Uh, I think he's right, number one, because uh, Baylor – I think he's prepared for Baylor it, based on the pressure packages and the different challenges that Baylor presented to Texas last season. There's no question when a team sacks your quarterback five times, <laughs> uh, you probably go back and look at that film and you study it and try to figure out exactly what happened. And a lot of those concepts other teams have adopted versus Texas too. So I do think coming off the Wyoming game, disappointing passing game, and then going into the Baylor game where Dave Aranda – as I have said numerous times, had probably the best and most effective, uh, you know, uh, pressure packages versus Texas in 2022, or or at least group of pressure packages uh, versus Texas in 2022. Um, I think he, you know, I, I think Sark will be ready, or at least the offensive game plan will be a, a sharp, detailed one uh, in this matchup versus Baylor. Yeah, and Baylor hadn't been very good at any phase of their team this Not year, really, right? No. I mean, they're they're if you look at the Big Twelve stats through three weeks, we know they're one and two. They lost to Texas State. They lost to Utah. Uh, they're down at uh, gosh, ten or eleven in in total offense. They're down at. 10 in total defense, and there's just uh, there's not much to look at as far as what they hang their hat on, and that's why folks in Waco are wondering about Dave Aranda. Has, you know, did he win that Big 12 championship with Matt Rule players, right? Yes, and he now did. he hasn't replaced them. Uh, those guys are a lot of those are off to the National Football League, and his quarterback, Blake Shapin, is hurt, and he just hasn't restocked the cupboard. It doesn't feel like right now, and you know, they were, they were playing Long Island University out of the FCS level on Saturday, and they were up, it was 16 to 7 at the half. I mean, and they won. They end up winning thirty to seven. But I mean, that's that. This is not a a, a really good football team right now. Uh, this is a, an opportunity for Texas to to go in there and and start Big Twelve conference play with a win and, and take advantage of a wounded team. Yep, there's no doubt about it. And uh, I totally agree with you there because uh, Baylor just doesn't seem to have the talent level <laughs> uh, to be able to play with <clears throat> to play with the Texas and really play with a lot of teams in the Big Twelve. And I I, I like Dave Aranda's you know disposition as a coach uh, and I like some of the things that he emphasizes and reflects on as a coach but there's no question now uh, the your records <laughs> you are what your record says you are yeah his record says he won with Matt Rules players and when he got his guys in there that that program has regressed yes no question uh, let's get to some more uh, Sark sound before uh, we're done here on burnt, behind the burn orange curtain let's talk about the slow starts uh, Sark of course was asked about the slow starts we've talked about the clutch gene that this team is developing scored 21 points in the fourth quarter versus Bama and versus Wyoming uh, what was it 21 in the third quarter versus uh, Rice I believe so second half they've been a lot uh, better at adjusting in these games here's Sark talking about the slow starts uh, that have plagued them early some of it is we just haven't finished some drives you know we've had pretty good drives early in the games um, and we've gotten ourselves into the red area and we haven't we haven't finished those drives you know I mean most notably I mean you think about the Alabama game we, we were moving it we just weren't we weren't punching it in the end zone and so finishing those drives I think is important um, you know, the other night, that, that second drive was a 90-yard drive. That It just took us a while. <laughs> I think that's the part that sometimes frustrates us, too, because we're so used to kind of 
getting yards in chunks and chunks and punching it in that sometimes when you have to be a little bit more methodical, there's nothing wrong with that. We shouldn't feel disappointed going 90 yards and scoring a touchdown. But in the end, it's, it's owning the openers and owning our game plan. And, um, you know, again, we have a veteran team that really tries to do what we ask of them to do on the offensive side of the ball. And, again, we've placed a lot of emphasis on finishing in the fourth quarter and making adjustments. I got to make sure we we don't we got to swing that pendulum back a little bit of owning these openers and and starting the way we're capable of starting. Yeah, I think he's and he's admitting it there a little bit. Uh, I mean, honestly, the the team was just so focused on the second half and the fourth quarter. It's possible that Sark has not been as detailed in his preparation and game planning offensively that he has been in recent years. I don't know what the adjustment is. I would love to he, to hear him methodically break it down, what the new process is for him in his second half and in the fourth quarter. But it's clear there's been a change uh, in the way this team performs in the second half, the way they the coaches adjust uh, in games, a chess match within the game, and their response to adversity in the fourth quarter. So I'd love to see if, if there's something now in the process that's shifted that now maybe they could – uh, essentially recreate <laughs> or, or at least get back to where their opening script was also a strength for the team too and you can start how you're finishing these games as well and you can bookend it and then you're talking about cooking with some hot grease at yeah. that point. Yeah, and I saw yesterday where Craig Bowl, the head coach at Wyoming, in his you know aftermath re- recap yesterday, said the game plan for his team at Wyoming with 10 defensive returning starters was centered around not putting their secondary in precarious situations where they were going to be locked in one-on-ones with the Texas receivers. And they were, he said, quote, we were going to make them go the long, hard way and not give up explosive plays. Mm-hmm. He also said he's never seen anyone as fast as Xavier Worthy. On make, a football field, <laughs> make them go the long, hard way. Yes, yeah, uh, and that That's will what probably she said. Be, that will exactly <laughs> that will probably be Baylor's plan coming up with Dave Aranda. We come back. It's some what the facts. That's some behind the burn orange curtain for the first time. Uh, we'll do it several times this morning. Talking Texas football, getting ready for conference play. What the facts coming next? You're on Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Baber. Time for What the Facts. Just the facts every morning here ahead of the top of the 7 o'clock hour. Interesting little newsy nuggets that you need to know, including the Pittsburgh Steelers now have not lost a Monday Night Football home game in 32 years. Still have not lost a Monday Night Football home game. 32 years, Rod Babers. That's crazy. That's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. They Even really with a is. bad offensive coordinator and a bad offense, they still found a way to beat the Browns 26-22 last night. Also last night, the New Orleans Saints improved to 2-0 with a win over the Carolina Panthers. How about this fact? Bryce Young, the first pick of the draft in his first two career games, is averaging just 4.2 yards per attempt. Third lowest mark in a player's first two career games in NFL history. He is uh, struggling. He's checking down. Checking um, down. No, and did, Charlie you see, checked down. did you see the video where his running back had to push him to the, the center because he was unshotgun, but he was he lined was, up behind the guard? <laughs> like, yes. and, the, and the running back was like, bro, he looks get, over there, get over there. The center is over there. Like, what like, are you he doing? Didn't, he, didn't know where the, he didn't know where the center was. That's like not knowing where the – what the, what the hole is. Well, and again, Rod, you and I are Houston Texans As a running fans, back. I'm talking as a running, as a running back, guys. Early start As a running morning. back. Yeah, I'm yeah. talking about as a running back. Come on. Get your minds out of the gutters. Early I know what you're morning. saying. I know what you're saying. Yeah. My mind's right here. And I'm saying that, uh, you know, we're, we're Texans fans, but at least through two weeks, I, I feel pretty good about C.J. Stroud as a quarterback. Uh, the Texans oh, have issues. You. They've got four of their top yeah. five offensive linemen injured right now. 
and they're struggling. But um, he's showing up. I've liked what I've seen from C.J. Stroud pushing the ball down the field. He hasn't thrown an interception through two games, even though he's under constant harassment. Amen, uh, Bryce Young has has not looked great so far for the Carolina Panthers. He was the first pick of the draft. Uh, what else do you have, Rod, and what the facts? Oh, man, I got a couple of these. So okay, Give it so, to me. Uh, let's start. Let's start with the college football weekend. Six-ranked matchups this weekend. Told you, uh, told you. Get those honeydews out of the way last week. First time there has been this many ranked matchups on a September Saturday since 2006. Come on. Long time since Clear the day. Clear the day. weekend like that. Yeah, so he was right last week when he told you, hey, get your popcorn ready. I uh, got another one for you. How about this one for the, the gamblers out there? NFL underdogs against the spread this season um, after last night because the uh, Steelers were two-and-a-half-point dog. I think the Panthers were a dog, so the Panthers uh, actually lost. Uh, but the Steelers won as a dog, so that makes it 19-13 and 13 against the spread this season. Yeah. NFL dogs. So that's, you know, it's pretty damn good for the NFL dogs. And how about this one? This is a freaky one, too. NFL overs, 13-3 in week two. The over. The most overs in a single week uh, in the uh, wild card era since 1990. Yeah. That's, 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 since, that's the wild card era. And the highest uh, single week over win percentage, 81.3% since week four of 2008. Hit them overs, man. Hit them overs. But then don't trust it because <laughs> um, the week one unders, I believe, went uh, 12 and 4. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a parody filled league. Parody yeah, it, filled more, league. it flipped. It really did just kind of flip on you. NFL road teams, they have started uh, 19 and 13 straight up, 19, 12 and 1 against the spread this season. The 19 straight up road wins is the most through two weeks in the wild card era. So, you can't predict the NFL base, is what I'm telling you. <laughs> also, in just the facts, devastating loss for the Houston Astros last night in Major League Baseball. That's what Dusty Baker called it, devastating loss. They're playing the Baltimore Orioles, best team in, in the American League, a 94-win team. And uh, Astros had the lead in the ninth inning. They were up 7-5 uh, to five mm. and looking to take the first game of that series. And had they won the game, the Rangers had already lost to Boston. So they were about to take a two-and-a-half game lead in the division over both Seattle and Texas. And Ryan Presley gave up a couple of hits and then a Cedric Mullins three-run homer in the ninth and a stirring comeback for the Orioles. They steal the game 8-7, so the Astros' lead over the Rangers is still just a game and a half and uh, over both Seattle and Texas now in the American League West. Here's the number that uh, stands out for the Astros in just the facts. The Astros have lost 13 of their last 18 home games. 13 of their last 18 at home. It's so weird how – well, you brought up a couple of weeks ago how they their record at home as opposed to on the road. Well, there was a story at the athletic.com over the weekend, Rod, that the Astros, some of the players went to the management and asked them to paint the batter's eye. Like, apparently, they have the batter's eye in center field. They've got the grass thing with the big Astro logo, but right next to it is there's a, there's a bar and a restaurant that sits in right center field, hmm. and the Astros players you know, complain that they're having a hard time seeing the ball. But, you know, that sounds like what? excuse-making what? to that me. It definitely sounds like it. See, what are you talking about? Yeah. Well, <laughs> so uh, according Go to on. the Athletics.com's report, wow. you know, workers were seen painting green over the, the Budweiser bar thing. Interesting. Uh, and last night it was about Ryan Presley, who's been pretty average all year long as their closer. Uh, Astros won the World Series last year, large part because their bullpen was the best in baseball. It's not as good this year. Their starting pitching is not as good, and they're not a very good home team right now. They'll play again tonight. Rangers also are scuffling. One other, uh, just the fact, Rod, congratulations. You have a degree from the University of Texas. Yes, sir. 
U.S. News and World Report out with their undergrad rankings yesterday. University of Texas is ranked the number one public university in the state of Texas. That's obvious. No doubt. Number nine public university in the United States of America. Hey, I like that. And number 32 university in the world. Wow. So congratulations to the U of Texas. What What starts here changes the world. You're damn right, right. Number one public university in Texas, number nine in the United States of America. Damn right. Damn right. Damn right. I like that. That's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> All right, we're back with the headlines. Plus, Rod's got a rant this morning. It's a Tuesday. Longhorns are opening Big 12 conference play. We'll ask you this on a what the facts. Do you know which teams the Longhorns have played more often than Baylor? There are only two. Only two teams the Longhorns have played more often, more, more times than the Baylor Bears. We'll get to the answer on the other side.